0: Good morning. This is America in the Morning from Westwood One. I'm John Trout. It's Friday, February 23rd, 2024. Here's what's coming up on America in the Morning.
1: Sanctions are being unveiled against Russia after the death of opposition leader Alexei Navalny. Putin is responsible for Navalny's death. I'm Linda Kenyon.
2: More fallout after the indictment of Alexander Smirnoff. It appears to absolutely be false. I'm Clayton Neville. What to do next with a
3: ruling by Alabama State Supreme Court on frozen embryos. I'm Jackie
4: Quinn. For the first time in more than 50 years, a U.S. spacecraft has landed on the moon.
0: Odysseus has found his new home. I'm Norman Hall. Charges against four Pakistanis involved in the death of two U.S. Navy SEALs.
5: Panda diplomacy is back. I'm Karen Channas.
0: And a football coach's 10 million reasons why he's staying on his college team's sidelines. All ahead on America in the Morning. (music) President Biden is unveiling new sanctions in direct response to the death of Russian opposition leader Alexei Navalny. Correspondent Linda Kenyon reports this comes after the president met with Navalny's widow in California.
1: The sanctions will target Russia's war machine and economy. They come as Russia's war against Ukraine passes the two-year mark. And after the death of Alexei Navalny, whom President Biden praised as a man of unrivaled bravery.
4: As a state, the obvious, he was a man of incredible courage. And it's amazing how his wife and daughter are emulating that.
1: The president was speaking after meeting with Navalny's wife and daughter in San Francisco. They pledged to continue Navalny's mission. Mr. Biden was outraged when he and the world learned of Navalny's death on February 16th.
4: You know, like millions of people around the world, I'm literally both not surprised and outraged by the news reported death of Alexei Navalny.
1: Navalny died in prison from what officials there called sudden death syndrome. But President
4: Biden blames Russia's president. Make no mistake. Make no mistake. Putin is responsible for Navalny's death. Putin is responsible. The
1: president said Putin did everything he could to silence Navalny.
4: Putin had him poisoned. He had him arrested. He had him prosecuted for fabricated crimes. He sent him to prison. He was held in isolation. Even all that didn't stop him from calling out Putin's lies. Even in prison, he was a powerful voice for the truth.
1: His death has empowered even more opposition to Vladimir Putin and worldwide condemnation. The U.S. will impose strict new sanctions against Putin, Russia's war industrial complex, and the Russian economy. Several European nations have done so as well. Lindy Kenyon, Washington.
0: The ex-FBI informant charged with lying in an investigation into the Biden family has been re-arrested. Correspondent Clayton Neville has the latest.
2: Alexander Smirnov was recently indicted, accused of lying about President Biden and family's alleged business dealings in Ukraine, which of course prompted calls to impeach the president. Despite pleas for a delayed release from prosecutors, though Smirnov was set free by a judge in Nevada this week. He has an ankle monitor and gave up his passports. Prosecutors seemingly determined to keep Smirnov locked up. His lawyers say their client was rearrested Thursday on a new warrant for the same charges, but signed by a federal district judge out of California. Some Republican lawmakers, like Congressman Ken Buck, now going after the few Republicans who pursued impeachment. He spoke with CNN.
4: We were warned at the time that we received the uh, document uh, outlining this witness's testimony. We were warned that uh, the credibility of this statement was was not known. And yet, uh, people, uh, my colleagues, went out and, and talked to the public about how this was credible and how it was damning and how uh, it, it proved President Biden's, uh, at the time, Vice President Biden's, uh,
2: complicity in receiving bribes. Um, I, it, it appears to absolutely be false. Democratic Congressman Jamie Raskin said the indictment should end all impeachment talk.
4: It appears like the whole thing is not only obviously false and fraudulent, but a product of Russian disinformation and propaganda.
2: He and others now calling for any impeachment hearings to end. I'm Clayton Neville.
0: More IVF providers in Alabama are pausing treatments for people in response to an Alabama state Supreme Court decision on the legal status of frozen embryos. Correspondent Jackie Quinn reports. Several medical facilities, including the University
3: of Alabama at Birmingham, are halting their in vitro fertilization programs, with the state Supreme Court saying that frozen embryos are legally considered the same as children, and providers can be held responsible for their deaths.
4: Equating an embryo to a child is scientifically unfounded.
3: In Atlanta, Dr. Jennifer Kawas at Emory's Reproductive Center.
4: Equating an embryo to a child is scientifically unfounded, and the clinical ramifications of such a legal decision um, are tremendous and will undoubtedly have unintended consequences, including limiting the capacity of physicians to care for patients with infertility.
3: But at the Fertility Institute of North Alabama, Dr. Brett Davenport tells the AP they'll continue providing services as usual.
6: We will um, adjust our informed consents and redo those with all of these patients with upcoming cycles, just so they can understand what just happened and have an opportunity in light of this new information to make different decisions on how many embryos they want fertilized, um, how many embryos you know, they, they want frozen.
3: Some legal experts think the Alabama ruling is just the tip of the iceberg. I'm Jackie Quinn.
0: Moon landing success. That story when America in the morning continues after these messages. Welcome back. This is America in the Morning. Rain to start the weekend in the east. Here's AccuWeather.com meteorologist Matt Rindy with details.
9: The latest storm system to move into and through the eastern United States will continue a steadier rain through the coastal areas from Maryland into southern New England and along the coast into southern Maine. Farther inland in New England, it'll be cold enough for snow to continue with a slushy inch or two through portions of Vermont, New Hampshire, and northern Maine, and that could lead to some slippery travel for the morning commute. Farther south, there'll be some shower, and thunderstorms from Southeast Virginia into North Carolina, South Carolina, Eastern Georgia, and Northern Florida. Some of the rain will be heavy and could slow travel for a time. Farther west in the Great Lakes, there will be an Arctic cold front diving southward from Canada. This will cause a few snow showers as it moves through, especially near the lakes themselves. There will be a weak area of low pressure along that front, causing additional rain and snow showers from the Minnesota Arrowhead into Wisconsin and continuing into northern Illinois this afternoon. A few flurries will also develop along the boundary from eastern North Dakota into Minnesota. Behind this front, it'll be quite cold with afternoon highs 10 to 20 degrees lower compared to yesterday from northeast North Dakota into Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Michigan. But ahead of that front, it will remain quite mild compared to historical average from eastern Montana into South Dakota, Nebraska, and southern Iowa, as well as the rest of the central and southern plains, where afternoon temperatures will range from 5 to 15 degrees above historical average. This colder air in the Great Lakes will shift into the northeastern U.S. to start the weekend, then milder weather returns again next week for the Plains, Great Lakes, and Northeast. That's the weather across America. Charleston, South Carolina will have rain and a thunderstorm today with a high of 68. Salt Lake City, Utah will have plenty of sunshine with a high of 49. That's the nation's weather. I'm AccuWeather.com meteorologist Matt Rindy.
0: I'm John Trout. Remember to follow us everywhere you get your podcasts. Apple, Spotify, Amazon, and YouTube. Just search America in the morning in your favorite listening app it was one large step for the space program as a private company has successfully landed a spacecraft on the moon for the first time in more than 50 years correspondent norman hall reports
4: that's one small step for man one giant leap for mankind for the first time in more than 50 years, a U.S. spacecraft has landed on the moon. Houston, Odysseus has found his new home. The landing put the U.S. back on the surface for the first time since NASA's famed Apollo moonwalkers. But this time, the spacecraft was built and managed by a private firm Intuitive Machines. CEO Steve Altimus acknowledged there were glitches. More than outstanding effort.
7: I know this was a nail biter, but we are on the on the surface and we are transmitting
4: and uh, welcome to the moon. Odysseus guided itself toward the surface for a relatively flat landing spot among all the cliffs and craters near the moon's south pole. We can confirm, without a doubt, is our equipment is on the surface of the moon and we are transmitting.
7: So, congratulations IM team. We'll see how much more we can get from that.
0: I'm Norman Hall. Multiple foreign nationals were charged Thursday with transporting suspected Iranian-made weapons on a vessel intercepted by U.S. naval forces in the Arabian Sea last month. NBC News is reporting the criminal complaint alleges the four who were all carrying Pakistani identification cards were transporting suspected Iranian-made missile components for the type of weapons used by Houthi forces in Yemen. Sailors on the ship that was intercepted by the SEAL team admitted they departed from Iran and crew members said they had been in contact multiple times by satellite phone with a member of Iran's Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps. Two U.S. Navy SEALs died during that mission when one fell into the turbulent waters and another dived in after him. When we return on America in the Morning, markets close at all-time highs, and NVIDIA rides the wave after these messages. This is America in the Morning. Welcome back. Don't look now, but the next major shortage could be at your neighborhood drugstore. Pharmacies across the nation are reporting delays for prescription orders due to a cyber attack against one of the largest healthcare technology companies. Fox Business reports that Change Healthcare, which handles orders and patient payments in the US, has been dealing what it's calling a cybersecurity issue, which has disrupted their ability to process orders. A number of pharmacies have told their customers within the past 24 hours that they're able to receive the prescription order, but they cannot be processed. CNBC's Peter Schack now has Friday business.
10: Following Thursday's furious stock market rally, the Dow and S&P 500 are at all-time highs. All that followed chipmaker NVIDIA's quarterly earnings report, which contained an extremely bullish revenue forecast thanks to a surge in demand for NVIDIA's artificial intelligence chips. NVIDIA stock posted a 16% one-day gain. Wolf Research senior analyst Chris Casso says that good fortune continue with demand for those chips increasing even as prices rise. The cost goes up, but the value proposition for NVIDIA is,
6: you know, on the last chip, uh, the H100, the price nearly tripled, but the performance went up by orders of magnitude ahead of that. That's really kind of the magic of AI here where where the price is going up, but the performance is going up a lot more. And it's a great value
10: proposition to the hyperscale customers that are buying it. As for why it spurred the market as a whole, NVIDIA is considered a bellwether for three distinct areas of stock market concentration, growth, Tech and large cap stocks, and it's a leader in artificial intelligence, one of the fastest growing segments of the tech economy. What's also notable is that it even managed to blunt, if only for a day or two, investor obsession with when and if the Fed will cut interest rates. Market strategist Edgar Denny is glad to see that because he says in the current environment, it doesn't much matter. From the Fed's point of view, I've believed uh, their story cut by two to three times this year, not by five to seven. And I thought that they wouldn't do it the first half of the year because the economy is doing fine. Why mess with success? Inflation is coming down. The economy is strong. The labor market is doing well. And now we've got the roaring 2020s in the stock market with uh, led by NVIDIA. If you've been lucky enough to own NVIDIA, you've seen a 60% gain this year alone and a 275% gain over the past year. And if
0: one does not own NVIDIA, where where can we find those returns? Some market strategists
10: say there are plenty of places to look pointing out that NVIDIA and other so-called Magnificent 7 stocks like Amazon Alphabet and Microsoft have accounted for a good chunk of the market's recent gains. Kara Murphy is chief investment strategist at Kestra Investment Management.
11: You have so much attention and so many dollars going into just a handful of names. It means that there still remain
3: wide swaths of the market where people are not paying very close attention. Um, and as my good friend likes to say, there's prime rib available at hamburger prices. So there are a lot of other areas of the market that I think provide really interesting opportunities. Um, that are sort of being left behind in a day like today that NVIDIA is taking all the attention.
10: And one of those areas, says Murphy, is small cap stocks, whose valuation gap compared to larger stocks is unusually large by historical standards. At least some market watchers say it still might not be too late to jump on the NVIDIA bandwagon, given that its artificial intelligence chips are considered the gold standard in that sector.
0: Thank you, sir. CNBC's Peter Schachnow with Friday Business. When we return on America in the Morning, college football coach scores after these messages. This is America in the Morning. Apparently, it pays to stay in school. Correspondent Gethin Coolball reports the University of Texas is giving its football coach a massive pay raise.
9: Steve Sarkeesian is college football's latest $10 million man. The University of Texas System Board of Regents on Thursday approved a raise and contract extension for the Longhorns coach to boost his guaranteed salary to $10.3 million this year and sign him through the 2030 season. The four-year extension makes Sarkeesian one of the highest-paid coaches in the country. Texas won the Big 12 last season and made the college football playoff. Sarkeesian's original contract paid him $5.8 million this year. I'm Geffen Coolbaugh.
0: Panda diplomacy, Karen Shamas reports on a new wave of pandas being sent by China to the U.S.
5: The move comes after China had recalled nearly all the iconic bears on loan to U.S. zoos as relations soured between the two nations. Ron Swaysgood at San Diego Zoo said the news has caused excitement in the community. Everyone's jumping,
0: right? We're trying to get things ready. Uh, we're
5: We're
3: preparing the enclosures. We're working on our Our protocols for for care
2: and health.
5: The new panda delivery is a sign that China is renewing its long-standing gesture of friendship towards the United States. During his visit to the U.S. in November last year, Chinese President Xi Jinping had raised hopes his country would start sending pandas to the U.S. in a pledge to try to reduce tensions between the two nations. I'm Karen Chamas.
0: America in the Morning for Friday, February 23rd, 2024, is produced by Jeff McKay. Senior producer, Kevin Delaney. I'm John Trout. This is Westwood One. This is America in the Morning from Westwood One. I'm John Trout. Coming up this half hour...
11: The Trump wing of the Republican Party has gathered together for the annual CPAC
4: conference. I'm
11: John Stolnes in Washington.
4: AT&T says its wireless network is back after an outage knocked out cell phone service across the U.S. for hours. I'm Norman Hall.
2: Former President Donald Trump's lawyers denied in court. I'm Clayton Neville. A judge rules a Texas school legally punished a black student over his hairstyle. I'm Mike Hempton.
4: A man who assaulted four
0: officers during the Capitol riot has been sentenced to nearly three years in prison. Ed Donahue, Washington.
3: Former talk show host Wendy Williams has been diagnosed with dementia. I'm Archie Zaroletta with the latest.
0: Back after these messages. Welcome back. This is America in the Morning on where we might find snow today across the country. Here's AccuWeather.com meteorologist Matt Rindy.
9: A taste of winter will be moving into the Great Lakes as an Arctic cold front dies southward from Canada. This will cause a few snow showers as it moves through, especially near the lakes themselves. There will be a weak area of low pressure along that front, causing additional rain and snow showers from Minnesota Arrowhead into Wisconsin. And then continuing into northern Illinois this afternoon, a few flurries will develop along this boundary as well from eastern North Dakota into West from Minnesota... Now, behind this front, it's going to be quite cold with afternoon highs 10 to 20 degrees lower compared to yesterday from northeast North Dakota into Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Michigan. But ahead of the front, it is going to remain quite mild compared to historical average from eastern Montana into South Dakota, Nebraska, and southern Iowa, as well as the rest of the central and southern plains, where afternoon temperatures will range about 5 to 15 degrees above the historical average. This colder air in the Great Lakes will shift into the northeastern U.S. to start the weekend, the milder weather returns again next week for the northern plains great lakes and northeast in the west it will remain dry today and tonight with most areas having some amount of sunshine there could be a few more clouds in california from a system offshore that will hold steadily there the latest storm system move through the eastern United States will continue a steadier rain through the coastal areas from Maryland into southern New England and along the coast into southern Maine, but farther inland in New England it will be cold enough for snow to continue with a slushy inch or two through portions of Vermont, New Hampshire, northern Maine and that could lead to some slippery travel for the morning commute. Farther south there will be some showers and thunderstorms from southeast Virginia into the Carolinas and eastern Georgia and northern Florida. Some of that rain will be heavy and could slow travel for a time as well. That's the nation's weather. I'm AccuWeather.com meteorologist Matt Rinde.
0: Follow us wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Amazon, and YouTube. Just search America in the Morning in your favorite listening app. I'm John Trout. Republicans from the Trump wing of the GOP are meeting for the annual conservative political action conference, where the focus is once again, first and foremost, securing another term in the White House for Donald Trump. John Stolnes has more on the first day of CPAC.
7: Welcome to CPAC 2024 where globalism goes to die.
11: Matt Schlapp, head of the American Conservative Union, kicking off another year of CPAC, being held once again at the National Harbor in Maryland, a stone's throw from the nation's capital. Throughout the weekend, conservatives aligned with Trump will be speaking on a range of issues. Yesterday, two potential Trump running mates hit the stage. First, Dr. Ben Carson.
0: Trump's only crime is representing the American people first. You know, for that, They're trying to put him in jail for the rest of his life.
11: And former Democratic Congresswoman Tulsi Gabbard.
3: If we do nothing, if we turn a blind eye to those who are weaponizing our criminal justice system against their political opponents and telling us who we are and aren't allowed to vote for, telling us what we are and aren't allowed to say or see or hear, it will set a dangerous precedent for every election and presidency in the future.
11: Immigration was a big topic. Missouri Attorney General Andrew Bailey part of a panel slamming President Biden's handling of the southern border.
2: The criminals no longer respect the rule of law. There's no deterrent effect in the law. When they see the, the, the top chief executive in the United States of America willfully refusing to enforce the law.
11: Donald Trump's daughter-in-law, Lara Trump, who the former president is supporting to be a co-chair with the Republican National Committee, hitting on opposition to critical race theory, transgender athletes in schools and other culture war issues.
6: Children are a clean
1: slate. They represent everything that's good in this world. Innocence, curiosity, a
3: love for all, regardless of race, gender or anything else and shame on anyone who tries to steal that from them.
11: Senator Tommy Tuberville discussing Ukraine and Russia blaming the United States for Putin's invasion.
4: Now We're the one that forced this war because we kept forcing NATO on Ukraine and showing Russia, hey, we're going to build military bases on your borders. And Putin said, no, no, you're not going to do that.
11: House Republicans Elise Stefanik, Jim Jordan, and Matt Gates are scheduled to speak later today, along with additional Trump VP possibilities, Governor Kristi Nome, Senator J.D. Vance, and Vivek Ramaswamy. Trump himself will address CPAC on Saturday. John Stolness, Washington.
0: AT&T is now saying a software update caused the massive failure of their network Thursday, where everything from making a call to checking your email to calling 911 was rendered inoperable. Correspondent Norman Hall has a follow-up. AT&T
4: says its wireless network is back after an outage knocked out cell phone service for its users across the U.S. for hours. The Dallas-based company said in a statement posted on its website that all affected customers have service again. It also apologized. Outage Tractor Down Detector noted that outages, which began at 3.30 a.m. Eastern, peaked at around 73,000 reported incidents. The carrier has more than 240 million subscribers. So far, no reason has been given for the outages, but one expert points to a cloud
0: misconfiguration or human error. I'm Norman Hall. We'll get more insight on the story in our next segment from tech reporter Chuck Palm. This is America in the Morning. Israel has agreed to send a high-level delegation to Paris for hostage negotiation talks with Hamas as the U.S. and Arab states push for a peaceful solution in Gaza. As correspondent Karen Shamas reports, the ceasefire meeting comes as Yemeni Houthis launched a missile attack in the Gulf of Aden and Israel intercepted a ballistic missile heading toward a city in that nation's south.
5: Benny Gantz, a member of Israel's War Cabinet, has said that new attempts are underway to reach a ceasefire deal between Israel and Hamas that could pause the war in Gaza. (laughs) However, he warned Israel would launch a ground offensive into Rafah during Ramadan if the remaining Israeli hostages in Gaza are not released. Around 1.5 million Palestinians are packed into Rafah near the border with Egypt, after being displaced from their homes by Israel's ground offensive. About a quarter of some 130 hostages still being held are believed to be dead. They were taken during an October seventh attack by Hamas, which killed some 1,200 people. In Gaza, more than 29,000 Palestinians have been killed, according to health officials.
3: It is the charter responsibility of the Security Council. Whenever there is conflict, whenever there is war, that the first thing that they should ask for is a ceasefire.
5: Iran has accused Israel of a sabotage attack on an Iranian natural gas pipeline caused by multiple explosions a week ago. The comments by Iran's oil minister, Javad Alji, come as Israel has been blamed for a series of attacks targeting Tehran's nuclear program. He called the explosions part of an Israeli plot intended to wreak havoc on Iran's gas distribution. Israel has not acknowledged carrying out the attack, though it rarely claims its espionage missions abroad. The office of Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, a longtime foe of Iran, did not immediately respond to a request for comment. I'm Karen Chamas.
0: The first month of housing data is in, and the numbers show a promising start for home sales in 2024. Correspondent Haya Panjwani has more.
3: Home sales went up in January by just over 3%. Buyers are taking up easing mortgage rates and bought more homes in January than the previous month. That's the strongest sales pace since August, according to factsat It's an encouraging start for the housing market, which has been in a two-year slump. That's supported by an increase in the number of homes on the market to help lift sales. There were just over a million homes on the market in December, which is still lower than the monthly historical average of about 2.25 million buying power is still limited because of soaring prices, elevated mortgage rates, and relatively fewer homes on the market. I'm Haya Joni.
0: When we return on America in the Morning, Judge digs in his heels over Donald Trump and new arrests in the case of the January 6th Capitol riots. Back after these messages. Welcome back. This is America in the Morning. I'm John Trout. A request of former President Donald Trump is denied by a judge in New York surrounding the recent nine-figure civil verdict against him. Correspondent Clayton Neville has the story.
2: Lawyers for former President Donald Trump asked the judge who oversaw the New York City civil fraud trial against Trump, his sons, and his company for a 30-day delay in enforcing damages in the civil fraud case. New York City Attorney General Letitia James brought that case that ultimately led to Trump being ordered to pay more than $350 million in damages.
3: Everyone must play by the same rules. We have a responsibility to protect the integrity of the marketplace. And for years, Donald Trump engaged in deceptive business practices and tremendous fraud.
2: Trump has long denied the accusations and claims they're part of a political witch hunt. In fact, he's called it election interference.
8: We did nothing wrong. There were no victims. The bank loves us. The bank testified. They love us. We did absolutely nothing wrong. We never even defaulted. We never had a default letter sent to us. The said we were a perfect custody. The bank didn't even know why they
2: were here. The judge's denial for a delay said that Trump's lawyers failed to explain or justify any basis for a stay. Trump expected to go forward with an appeal. I'm Clayton Neville.
0: A judge has ruled in a hair discrimination lawsuit in Texas, upholding the suspension of a high schooler over his dreadlocks. Correspondent Mike Hempin reports. A state district judge says the Houston area high school's punishment of a black student for refusing to change his hairstyle does not violate a new state law that prohibits race-based hair discrimination. Daryl George wears his hair in red and twisted locks on top of his head. After just a few hours of testimony, the judge ruled in favor of the Barber Hills School District, saying its ongoing
4: discipline of George over the length of his hair is legal under the Crown Act. The Crown
0: Act prohibits race-based hair discrimination and bars employers and schools from penalizing people because of hair texture or protective hairstyles. George, an 18-year-old junior, has not been in his regular classes at Barber Hills
8: High School since August 31st. I'm Mike Hempen.
0: Within the past 72 hours, a Philadelphia man and a retired Charleston, South Carolina police officer were arrested and charged with crimes related to the January 6th riot at the U.S. Capitol. Correspondent Ed Donahue reports another Capitol rioter was also sentenced to prison. Prosecutors say Brian Mock from Minnesota wielded a police baton as a weapon, stole two riot shields, and removed two police barricades before he
4: assaulted four officers, shoving one in the chest and knocking him on the ground. Mock asked
0: for leniency, saying he was caught up in the moment and didn't show up in tactical gear with tasers and bear spray. But the judge told Mock it's hard to think he came simply as a bystander. Mock said jail was a traumatic experience for him. The judge told him January 6th was a scarring experience for the officers whom he assaulted. The FBI said Mock also had a 2010 conviction on a weapon charge and was charged with assaulting his ex-wife. Ed Donahue, Washington. A study says that the United States is unprepared for the growing number of older people who'll need housing. Correspondent Donna Warder takes a look.
3: The study by Harvard University's Joint Center for Housing Studies says that without help, many older adults will have to forego needed care or rely on family and friends for assistance. Jennifer Malinsky, project director for the Center's Housing on Aging Society program, says government assistance could better help the baby boomer generation born after World War II. The report says that in 2021, assistance such as Section 8 and Section 202, which provides housing with supportive services, services such as cleaning and cooking was only sufficient for a little more than a third of the 5.9 million renters ages 62 and older who were eligible. The report says creative ideas are needed to house people with fixed or dwindling incomes and with insufficient savings. I'm Donna
6: Warder.
0: No official reason has been given for yesterday's massive cellular blackout, which has left it up to the conspiracy theorists to come up with their own. Here's Chuck Palm with that in today's tech report. Conspiracy theorists
6: and AT&T customers have joined forces by mocking the network and over 74,000 customers out of cellular service for most of the morning on Thursday. While AT&T had tweeted out that they were working urgently to resolve the issues, the customers have poked some fun at the service, which is considered to be one of the most expensive networks. Some folks made references to the Netflix thriller Leave the World Behind, which involves a breakdown of all communication and technology as part of its plot. No official reason has been given for the widespread drop-in service, which in turn has fueled speculation on social media that it was caused by hackers, AI, a terrorist EMP attack, solar flares, and even aliens. The website downdetector.com also reported T-Mobile, U.S. Cellular, and Verizon all having problems related to the outage. Tell us what you think caused it at allthetoptech.tech.
0: I'm Chuck Palm. With a check on Friday sports... America in the Morning's Robert
8: Workman. Back from the All-Star break, the NBA hit the floor with a dozen games last night. The first place Celtics outran the Bulls 129-112 for their season's best seventh win in a row. Derek White had a game-high 28.
7: The time off was nice. Uh, it's good to just lay around, spend time with
4: the family, and you're ready to go.
8: The Mavericks got 41 from Luka Doncic in a win over the Suns. Thunder rolled over the Clippers. Nuggets whacked the Wizards. Nikola Jokic with another triple-double. That gives him at least one against every opponent in the association. Only LeBron James and Russell Westbrook can say that. Kings got by the Spurs. DeMontis Sabonis with his league leading 19th triple double. That's three more than Jokic. Magic clipped the Cavaliers. That's just Cleveland's third loss in the last 21 games. Raptors routed the Nets in Kevin Ollie's debut as Brooklyn's interim head coach. Warriors walloped the Lakers, 32 for Steph Curry. Knicks, Pacers, Pelicans, and Hornets win. College Hoops, number three Purdue, rolled over Rutgers to improve to 24 and 3. Number 21 Washington State upset fourth ranked Arizona, handing the Wildcats their first loss at home this year. The Dodgers opened up the exhibition baseball schedule with an eight run first inning, then tacked on six more in the sixth as they pounded the Padres 14-1. Still a few big-name free agents out there, but the Marlins and shortstop Tim Anderson have reportedly agreed on a one-year deal. NHL, the Rangers ripped the Devils. New York has won nine straight. Maple Leafs romped over the Golden Knights. Austin Matthews with goal number 52. Shutouts for the Blues and the Hurricanes. Crack and clobber the Canucks. First place Vancouver has now lost four in a row. Victories for the Sens, Pens, Caps and Preds, with the Flames and Red Wings prevailing in overtime. That's Friday sports
0: thank you sir volkswagen recall and ordinary angels those stories when america in the morning continues after these messages Welcome back. You're with America in the Morning. The health of former TV talk show host Wendy Williams does not appear to be improving. Entertainment correspondent Margie Zaroleta has more on the story.
3: A statement from Wendy Williams' caretakers says she is dealing with primary progressive aphasia and frontotemporal dementia, the same form of dementia that actor Bruce Willis has. They say the diagnosis has presented significant hurdles for Williams, but she is still able to do many things for herself. It says she's receiving care to make sure she is protected and her needs are addressed. The statement comes a day after People magazine ran a story quoting Williams' family as saying only her court-appointed legal guardian has access to her. They say they are not allowed to see her. Lifetime TV will run a documentary about Williams and her health issues on Saturday. I'm Archie Zaroleta.
0: There's a large recall being made by Volkswagen. Correspondent Rita Foley has details.
1: The recall covers some older Audi A3s and VW Golfs and GTIs. These are model year 2015 through 2020 vehicles. Also included are Golf Sports Wagons from 2015 through 2019 and VW Jettas from 2019 and 2020. All the recalled cars have front-wheel drive. The problem is a pump seal that can let fuel leak from a canister within the system, and that can lead to a fire. VW says, though, it doesn't know of any fires that are linked to this problem. Dealers will replace the pump at no cost to owners. I'm Rita Foley.
0: Heading into the theaters for this, the last weekend of February, a Hillary Swank film is meant to warm your heart. Kevin Carr has a sneak peek at Ordinary Angels. With superhero movies slumping at
7: the box office, there's a new film focusing on the heroism of everyday people. Find a reason to be here
3: that's bigger than you are. I read about this family in the paper. I think this is it. Ordinary
7: Angels stars Hilary Swank as a woman searching for a purpose. She hears about a young girl needing a liver transplant who just lost her mother, so she makes it her mission to help the family.
3: Something about that little girl without a mom, sick, and the family's blood dry from all the hospital bills. I think I'm supposed to help.
7: While Ordinary Angels falls into the category of faith-based films, it doesn't lean too heavily into an evangelical push. This works for the story because it focuses on the strength of the human spirit, making it more relatable rather than literally preaching to the choir.
3: How did it become your responsibility to save her? Because I can. The
7: power of this film comes from a strong script and excellent performances, with Swank leading the charge. Nancy Travis from Last Man Standing and Alan Richson from Reacher deliver the goods as well. I met this woman.
3: She's a mess. Perfect, she'll fit right in.
7: Of course, as uplifting as the film can be, it exposes some serious problems with the healthcare system, which can leave parents with impossible choices. But that's a discussion for another day.
1: You're asking us to reduce the family's medical bills due to hardship. No, I'm asking you to erase them.
7: Ordinary Angels is not for everyone, and it will be seen as corny by others. But it's hearts in the right place, and that counts for something. Ordinary Angels gets three and a half halos out of five. I'm Kevin Carr, and that's the way I see it.
0: America in the Morning for Friday, February 23rd, 2024, is produced by Jeff McKay. Senior producer, Kevin Delaney. I'm John Trout. This is Westwood One.